I don't even have to ask. I heard half of you quoting that movie. <laughs> We're going to be visiting the movie Elf. If you're with us for the very first time, my name is Matt Griswold. I'm the lead pastor here at Connection, and we are in a sermon series called Connection at the Movies. And you just heard Will Ferrell as Elf say, we elves like to stick to the four main food groups, candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. <laughs> I want you to, ho- I hope this morning that you feel, that you feel a part of something. I hope when you walked in the door, you were greeted. I hope when you, when you sat down, you felt like you were, you were at home. See, this, this time of year for many people can be very, very lonely. And every week, not just Christmas week, but every week, Connection seeks to be relevant to people of all walks of life. And we're going to talk about this morning, not the four main food groups necessarily of what we want to eat, but I, I titled this lesson, the four, main, the, sermon, the four main food groups of followers of Jesus, and we're going to talk about some of those today. It's not going to be candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. But I know that a lot of you like that movie. If you have your worship handout right here, I want to call attention to a couple things. You open up to the middle, there's some blanks right here. I'm going to give you some sermon notes. It's just so you can maybe go over it the rest of this week. It may remind you of something if you want to study these verses in your Bible. If you, if you uh, pick up anything out of the scripture. But maybe this is your first time with us at Connection. And I want to, I want to just make sure that you understand we are a group of people. That seeks to be different. We don't want to be a cookie cutter church. We want to be relevant to a culture. We want to impact lives with relationships. That's our our goal. That's our our calling. So you come in this morning and you sit down and you may have walked through the door and saw a popcorn machine and thought, whoa. And then you come in here and we show pictures and movies of Elf. Elf's actually our our third movie. I want to take this some time and say, welcome to our church. Welcome to this series. And we're going to get into that in a minute, but I can't help but think that some of you may have had a week just like mine. Oh yeah, it's Christmas. Christmas. In teacher land, that means finals. Oh yeah, I teach PE, okay? I still have to be there. <laughs> and I give finals. And it's just a stressful week. It's a big week. So I'm just going to ask, in this, the busyness of this season, I'm just going to ask us to bow our heads in a second, and I'm going to ask God to just calm us down. Not to pay attention to a movie clip, but pay attention to what the words of His, of, of his Word, the, the Bible, talks about this movie and how we can re- relate that to our life. So if, you, if you're here with me, and you wouldn't mind, just bow your head. Let's, let's pray. God, I thank you. God, it's such, a, such an honor to come here this morning with, to hang out with these people. God, it's such, a, such an honor to come here and, and for people to make coffee and to have everything clean. God, a sacrifice. God, as we celebrate this awesome week, this awesome, awesome week and what it represents, God, we just ask that you slow us down today. Slow us down this week, but slow us down right now so that we can hear what your word says. Your name we pray. Amen. Now I'm sure none of you, none of you, none of you need prayer to slow down during Christmas. I know that that's probably the only, you know, it's the only case in my house. We have to, we have to slow down. This this time of year is absolutely nuts. Is it right? Yeah. If you work in if you work if you work in retail, 
you probably, you're sitting inside, you're yelling amen to me. Yes, this is crazy. Yes, this is crazy. You're coming into the third Sunday. If you've been here for the first two, okay, this is going to be a little bit of review, but we, Connection at the Movies, this is the third Sunday. The first Sunday, we looked at the classic movie, Frosty the Snowman. And we talked about what it was like when Frosty had his hat put on and he became alive. And we looked in First Peter about when you become a follower of Jesus, you become a new creation. And we were to be magnetic because the Frosty that was sitting in a statue in the yard really wasn't much fun. But the Frosty that ran around town was a good time. And we're to be magnetic. We're to be relevant. We're to be, we're to be fun, energetic. The second movie we looked at last week is you can become bitter or better. Don't be a Grinch. Okay, don't be a Grinch. We looked at that classic movie. If you'll, if you'll remember with me, that movie plus the 2000 Jim Carrey Grinch who stole Christmas combined $345 million. Biggest holiday movie of all time. And this week we, we look at one of my favorites. This is top three. Yeah, this is top three. Elf, elf in our house is a big deal. Some of you, by your laughter, by your Facebook comments, by your posts, I understand the elf happens in a lot of houses. Elf happens. So what is Elf? Elf is, elf is a human, Will Ferrell, who gets in Santa's bag, and he goes up to the North Pole, and he's raised by elves. And he has already told us they're the four main food groups the elves live by. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and my favorite, syrup. Is there sugar in syrup? Yes. Then yes. What he says. I like it. What's the relevance about talking about Elf? Why? <laughs> why, why talk about this movie? Listen, I think there's a whole lot that we can pull from Scripture today, and we're, gonna, we're gonna just gonna, we're going to jump right into it. If you have your worship handout, check out the first screen. At Connection, we seek to live in love like Jesus. We should live our lives so that we should show, uh, the, show sorry, so that we show others God's love. We should live our lives so that we show others God's love. We seek to live and love like Jesus. I'm here to tell you that when you incorporate live and love into your life and you put like Jesus at the end of that, there's going to be things that you encounter. There's going to be things like, why do we do this? Why do we do this? The why is the big question. Have you ever asked yourself that question? If you have kids or if you're around kids a lot, you, you get this. Dad, why is the grass green? Now, you could go all scientific on them and say, well, it's because of the chlorophyll and, it, and, and it's producing all this stuff and it just makes it green. Oh, okay. And it's... Then about two minutes later, they come, Dad, why is the sky blue? And you can go into the scientific analogy of that. Or, why this? Why this? Why this? Why this? This is one of my favorite questions to address when my, girl, my oldest girl asked it. Her name's Emma. She said this. She said, Dad, why do we go to church? Think about how deep that question is. Not just so we can attend. What would I tell you, a six-year-old? So we can go have fun? So we can go eat popcorn and have fun? She's in Kids Rock. They, they learn exceptionally well about the Bible. They, they, learn, they learn extremely important core ideas about our faith. I said, Emma, when you ask why, that's a very, very good question. Because 
I can go, Mary can go back to her and say, listen, we go to church because, when you ask why, why do we go to church? Why do we have to do this? 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 Because we seek, right here, we seek to live our lives so that others, so that we can show others God's love. When you go into, and you know this is true, because when you go into work, not everybody is dressed up like Elf in the holiday attitude, and everybody's happy all the time. Okay, there's a lot of happiness in this. There's some of us that don't like happiness, don't watch Elf, it'll make you puke. Okay, there's happy everywhere. But that connection we seek to live in love like Jesus. So when my daughter comes up and asks me, she says, why, Dad? Why do we go to church? Way more important than why is the grass green? Listen to me. This is a teaching moment, and I get to say, Emma, we go to church so that we can fellowship with other people. We can learn what God's Word says. And whenever we go to school like you do, or or Daddy goes to work, or Mommy goes somewhere, and Lydia goes somewhere, we learn to show other people God's love. So that's the, that's the first ingredient. We're talking about, it's not, it's not candy. It's not candy, it's live. We're going to talk about the four main food groups of follower of Jesus, and the first one is live. There's a story of a psychology professor who had a very, very small, small percentage of people that even passed his class. This guy was a doctor of psychology, and he was very, very scholarly, very intelligent, very hard. If you've been in college, you know that those teachers exist. I had a teacher, very first day of class. I mean, this is, this is comforting. Very first day of class, he goes, half of you won't pass my class. What? This is, not, this is not good. But this doctor of psychology had his whole room full of people, and he says, very, very, very few of you will pass my test because the final is so hard. And to get a good grade in this class, one would have to begin about mid-semester to start studying to repeat the information, to study for the final. And it came that day, and the young man comes in, and he sits down, and it's a really, it's a really lonely feeling when you're sitting at a desk, and you can't have a cell phone, and you got a pencil or a pen. And that's it. There are no notes. And you knew, and this guy knew that this psychology teacher was going to bring the noise with it. He knew it was going to be tough. And the professor began in front of the classroom. He started handing out the papers face down. He got to the young man. And he put his paper face down on his desk. And almost with a sneer, the professor goes, good luck. And when he said go, you may begin. You know, they have a time limit, a couple hours or whatever. And the young man flipped his paper over to see one of the toughest questions that he's ever been asking his entire life. And it was only the question, why? Final, in a psychology class, had the word why with a question mark. And the kid looked at it and he stared. And every, every, everywhere around and they begin to write and just write and write and write and they're flipping pages and the, and the young man just sat there going for guts and glory. He, he sits down. He writes, his, he writes his, his answer. He folds the paper and he walks up to the, to the desk Everyone else in the class is completely amazed that he's even done. And he walks up and he hands it in. Psychology teacher takes it. Young man, you can't possibly be done. And he was floored when he opened it and the answer said, why not? My daughter asked me, Dad, why do we go to church? We all grew up in a house. Some of us grew up in a house Dad, can I do this? No. Why? 
because I said so. That was usually good enough for me. I knew what the consequences were for not doing that. So Emma comes up to me, Dad, why don't we go to church? It's not a time. It's not the time for me to say, because I said so. Watch. It's a time for me to take Emma on my lap and say, because God said so. Watch. Hear me. Because God said so. This is the way that we should live our life. Why? Why do we live our life in a world like this where everybody's about success and gain and give me, give me, give me, and there's no giving? Why? Because God said so. Because you can learn to live your life so that you can show other people God's love. And you know that's right because every single one of us, if I gave you a piece of paper, you could sit down and write on that piece of paper. If I ask you this question, name one person that has influenced your life and shown you the love of God. Every single one of you could write that name down like that. Why? Well, look in your Bibles. They're on the screen. We're going to be jumping around a little bit this morning, so if you, if you have it, you can look these. If you have your worship band out, they're all right here for you. You won't miss them. You can study them this week. But look at 1 John, what this says. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. <laughs> Talking about living. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Now, this is, this is easy. No. This is where the spiritual rubber meets the road right here. This is, this is, I have what I have inside me. I know what I should do. Am I going to apply it, put that tire on the road and go? That's, that, this is the big deal. This is the hard. People are scared by this. Some of us are scared when it says to live like this. Because we think this. We think that, me, that living like Jesus means this. If we live like Jesus, that means we have to die like he did. Currently, right now, where we live, that's not an issue. I'm not saying it's not in the future. I'm just saying it's not an issue. There's people over this, all over this world that are considered martyrs. They've died for their faith. Okay? Right here, right now, it's not a thing. But they think that they have... Well, I read in Scripture, Matt, you know, it says that we're supposed to live, live like Jesus did. Well, Jesus told this guy that he had to go home and sell his house and give his car away and everything, and, and just to follow him. And they think it's very, 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 very material. They think it's all about the stuff. I've got to give up everything. How about this one? Have you heard this one? I'm not, I don't want to become a follower of Jesus because followers of Jesus do not have fun. They don't even know what that word means. They don't know what fun is. It's like God, they think God's some kind of fun sucker. He just, yep, no, 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 just follow me. You cannot have any more fun. They, have to, they think they have to give all of their money away. When, when the writer here says that we should live in, so those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus went, did. When he's talking about this, he's saying this. Not dying physically. Not ending life. Okay? Not, not breathing anymore. Not stopping your heart. It's dying to yourself. It's Christmas time. We like to get, don't we? Yeah. You remember that? You know, I was, I, me and my sister, my sister and I were, were the people, were the kids that like physically had no alarm clock, but on Christmas morning, you know, 4, 4.30, we were ready to go. Mom, died, mom and dad always had a rule, it really wasn't any fun, we had to eat breakfast before you open presents. So me and my sister get up early, we start fixing breakfast. <laughs> Hey, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. 
But we like to get, in this season, it's hard to think about just give. How do we live in love like Jesus today? How about this? In the last three months, this is what Connection has done to live in love like Jesus. Just outside, not individually, just with our church in the, in the community of Mount Vernon, we have given gas away. We've given turkeys away. We've given gift cards away. There have been people that come in contact with other people in those events that simply stay, they listen, and they pray for that person. This is, this is us impacting. This is living and loving. We speak love to somebody who's hurting. Some of you have done that. Okay? You know who you are. It's not about a, 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 you know, a physical award. Oh, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna celebrate you doing this. Listen, you can, you, can, you can think negatively for this about me, but this is my, this is my personal opinion, so, don't, so there you go. But my daughter Emma plays YMCA soccer. She's six. It doesn't matter if they win a game in the entire year. Watch, hear me. It doesn't matter if they win a game in the entire year. At the end of the season, they get a trophy. Now, trophies are fine. Trophies are okay. But they're rewarded for doing what they should do. They should play, have fun. Sometimes we run into an entitlement. We think, I'm, I'm entitled to this. I can think this way because I want to think this way. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. No, 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 Matt, you have to die to yourself if you want to be a follower of mine. And that's the struggle. How do we live in love like Jesus? We meet the needs of people. Look on the screen at 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2.21 says this, for God, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, He is your example, and you must follow His steps. If you've been with us for the last couple weeks, you're going to remember this. Remember the snow and the boots and the steps? Did you ever try to step in somebody older than you into their footsteps because you knew it was safe? Look, he says do the same thing. He is your example. Jesus Christ is the visible of the invisible. He's the visible representation of God on earth. We celebrate that this week. Without Christmas, you don't have Easter. Without Him coming, He can't die for us. This should be a celebration. Can you imagine? We drove through the park last night. And as I drove by, the girls got to pet this, this sheep, this lamb, and I, I was just intrigued. I was just taken back to, holy cow, can you imagine? Can you even imagine what it was like to be one of those shepherds that came up and say, holy cow, this is him. This is, this is him. This is him. This is a real, this is him. The excitement, the celebration. Listen, without Christmas, without Jesus coming, we don't get to have Easter. Easter is the center pinnacle of us having hope. We have to live. It says, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Hard times happen. I get it. I've been there. I encounter them. Notice it doesn't say, hard times happen for some. Oh, how I wish it was true. And And I wish I was part of the not some. Feel me? Wouldn't it be easy to go through life without suffering and pain? Wow. God says, oh no. Even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. 
You ever approach someone and they're going through that hard time? Rough. Rough time. Divorce, loss of family member. Something very culturally now. It's a big deal to them. Their, their world is physically not going okay. They run out of this word. They don't think there's, there's any meaning. I don't think there's any meaning. No meaning. Why? Why? That question keeps coming up. Why? Why do I do this if I'm just going to end up like this? Why, 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 why? You can why yourself to death. They do not see anything except their own pain. Have you been there? It's about like this. The only thing you can see is your own stuff. This is where the living ingredient comes in. If you live in love like Jesus, how about this? God's going to put you in the pathway of those people. Some of you understand completely what I'm talking about because through that low part in life, there's a piece of paper that you can write, John Overstreet. Or your person that met you in the depths of bad. They met you there. See, Jesus did the same thing. You think, Jesus wasn't born in a palace. He, w- he came to the lowly. He came to the people that hurt. When we decide that we can walk through those people, through this life with those people, think about this. Think about how much it would mean to you if you were going through a hard, hard, hard time in life and someone would come up to you, put their arm around you, not talk down to you, not give you instructions, put your arm around, listen, give godly advice. How would that change your life? See, some of us have had that happen, but we, we want to say, oh, that, that was really good when it happened to me. I don't need to give it away. Jesus and God, they, they, in, in this Bible, they say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do not keep it for yourself. It's not for you. You know, like the elves, candy, candy canes. God says, you need to live. Live like I showed you. I gave you Jesus. Look at your worship handout with me. We're going to go to the next one. It says, when we live our lives like Jesus, we're able to love like he wants us to do. Have you ever, I'm going to ask a really cool question. You can think about this in your head. And the cool thing is, when I ask this question, there's going to be some people that just, they cannot do anything but smile. Watch. Have you ever been loved like God wants us to be loved? Have you ever been loved like God wants us to be loved? That person came into your life, they walked beside you, maybe they helped you, maybe you're married to them, maybe it's a kid, maybe it's a member of this church, maybe it's a member of another church. Have you ever been loved like God wants us to be loved? Do you understand how life-changing that can be? Do you get it? You get it? When we encounter God's love, we encounter the greatest thing that's ever been. When we give God's love, we can let that other person experience the greatest thing. For a lot of you, you know that I teach school. And I asked this person's permission to share this with you. I was given a card this week. We're pretty real here at Connection. How about this? Didn't have a fantastic week. Okay, welcome to finals. It's the last week of school. When you send your kids to school to me, I get it. I understand. And we had a rough week. Kids are stressed out. It stresses teachers out. We've got to get grades in. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. 
But in the middle of the week, this young seventh grade girl, she's 13 years old. Now, I want to show you something because this goes beyond just school. This girl is a follower of Jesus Christ. She knows that I am. I know that she is. We don't talk about it during school. It's illegal. But she knows that I'm a follower. And she came up to me on like Tuesday. And she goes, Mr. Griswold, are you okay? I said, I'm just tired. <laughs> I said, I think everybody's tired. We're ready for break, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wednesday, she comes to school. What's this? Now, to you, it's a piece of paper folded. It says P.E. I want to show you what happens when 13, 13, when, when you show someone else God's love, I want to show you how life-changing it can be. I'm 34 years old. She's 13. And she goes, Mr. Griswold, she gave me this little thing. It had some, um, some orange gummy bears. I think my girls have made those gone. <laughs> uh, had, some other, had some other things in there. But she said, this is for you. And she just gave me this. And it says this. Dear Mr. Griswold, Talking about God's love here. Dear Mr. Griswold, thank you for teaching me that you can have a lot of fun while working out. Working out, I don't consider fun. But watch what she says. Thank you for teaching me you can have a lot of fun while working out. I'm telling you this and showing you what words of encouragement can do. She says this. You're an amazing teacher. I'm not sitting here telling you that I'm an amazing teacher. She thinks so. So we'll take her word for it. Now, (laughs) she says this, you're an amazing teacher. I hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from this girl. You ever got something at the exact right time? The exact right time. Because on the back, I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. And I turn to the back and it says, the world's most amazing teacher. I haven't been all over the world. I've got some pretty good teachers in seminary. I don't know about that title. But on the very bottom of it, in blue, she wrote, God is good. And after she gave me the card, this young girl said, I just want to let you know. This is, she is 13. I just want to let you know that you're a real blessing to be in class with. Think about it. Go through, just replay a week in your life that has been just junky, just not good, just dark, just busy and just crazy. When we live our lives like Jesus, we're able to love like He wants us to. That girl understands this. She gets it. She has parents that have taught her. There's two types of people in this world. Those that are easy to love and those that aren't. There's not too much in the middle. It's easy to love the easy people. Is it not? People that you get along with, people that, people that are your friends, people that you're close with, maybe, maybe some of your family. It's easy to love easy people. But it's hard to love the hard ones. See, we go through these ingredients and we're talking about candy and candy canes and candy corns 
and syrup of, of the spiritual world here, and we, we live and we love. Because that's what the elves have the candy that makes them tick. These are the ingredients that make us tick. Live and love. In the book of Mark, we're told this. Look at this. Mark 12, 31. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The first one he talks about loving, loving, the God before, loving God before everything else. This one, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. How easy is this? Think about it. If your neighbor, when you're going on vacation, mows your yard for free, he's easy to love, is he not? If your neighbor's wife is a great baker, and every once in a while she brings you over a hot apple pie right out of the oven, man, I love you for days. But what if it's the neighbor? Listen, what if it's the neighbor and you like to keep your yard just awesome? And they're the neighbor that points the shoot at you and blows the clippings onto your yard. Oh. What if they're the neighbor that plays loud music too late? What if they're, what if they're always, the, the, you think the only time they burn trash is when the wind is blowing at your house? What if, what if they do things that you, you can't get along with them? That's the hard people. That's the hard people. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're not going to ask this question and have you answer it out loud, but how many of us can name within four houses around us their neighbors? We don't even know who our neighbor is, let alone how we love them. It says no other greater, no other commandment is greater. When we love God completely and care for others, you are living and loving like Jesus Christ. Love God. Love others. If we love God and we love others, this is what it should affect. It should affect our thoughts, it should affect our actions, and it should affect our decisions. If we're living and loving like Jesus Christ, it should affect our thoughts, our decisions, and our actions. If you have a situation that comes up in life, when's the last time that you thought to do this? Okay. How can I show your love in this situation? It's really tough. You know that situation. When that person is not nice. How do you show your love? How do you give grace? How do you not react violently? Not react in anger. React in love. It's hard. It's very, very hard. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater. I like the book some of you probably haven't memorized. But what is it? All I needed to know I learned in kindergarten? Look at this next one. Look at the next slide. You learned this in kindergarten. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Now we think, this is a golden rule. We, we grow up thinking, oh, this is from school. No. Guess what? <laughs> do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you treat someone good, they're going to treat you good? Not always. So, so we, we go all the way back to the question, why? Why, 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 why? Why should I treat this person nice? They're not nice to me. And God says this. He says you have to live and love. This is, this is what makes the heartbeat for the followers of me. The followers of me have the heartbeat that says live and love. 
live and love. We are to live in love like Jesus so that we can show others God's love. Live, love. Candy, candy canes. We're ready for the third one. Look at your worship handout. When we live in love like Jesus, we can learn to give like we can? No. Live like, or we're supposed to give like we should. Should. Every single time. Something like this pops up. Some people think instantly, it's only money. Look, they come to Connection for the first time and all they want is my money. No, it's not. Hang around with us. No, it's not. We live and love like Jesus. We can learn to give like we should. Give. When's the last time you were unselfish with your time and you gave it? When's the last time you were unselfish financially and you gave it? When's the last time that you were not selfish with your house? Your car. Mary and I went to a Christmas program for Emma. Remember, we pushed family here, but our Christmas concert was Monday night. We have Connect Group on Monday night. Now watch. The people that lead our Connect Group came to our house as we were leaving, and we literally out of our mouth, it's all yours, we're going to go to the concert, we'll be back. They had Connect Group in our house when we weren't even there. Now I was like, whoa. Wow, you know, you give, you give your house. Listen, listen. Mary and I do not own anything that's not given to us by God. Everything that we have, we seek to use for God. We've let people borrow our vehicles. Now, I'm not sitting up here going, whoa, look at Matt, look at Mary, they're so awesome. I'm telling you that when we live in love like Jesus, we can learn to give like we should. There's been people in my life in those times, when those, in those specific times, that I needed this exact thing. And they were unselfish. With, this, this took time. This is handmade. There's some pretty cool drawings on the front. Handmade. She sacrificed her time to make a difference in my life. To some of you, that's just a piece of paper. But when we live in love like Jesus, we learn to give like we should. Why? Again, why give? We're celebrating this week the arrival of the human Jesus to this earth. We can learn to give like we should. We can learn to give like God did. Well, God, what did God give us? Everything. When's the last time that you thought about God has given you absolutely everything? He's given you the key to life over death. He's given you the money that you have in your wallet. Or your bank account. He's given you your family, your house. God gave. And I can't describe it better than this. Look at the next slide. I don't think you can have Christmas without this. For this is how we know God loved the world. How do I know? Listen, we have people walking to this earth going, ah, God doesn't love me, God doesn't love me, there is no God, there is no God. Everything that happens to me is negative. Everything that happens to me is bad. Bad, bad, bad. I don't want to think about anything good. And us, if you want to be a follower and include the four ingredients of how to be a follower of Christ, and incorporate this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son. I love every single one of you. I do. Even if I do not know you personally and, and intimately in a friendship, I love you. I do. I do. 
But I don't know that there's a single person in here that I would give up one of my kids for. Sorry. I love them a lot. They're kind of mine. You're not. You would do the same thing with me. Listen, think about that. God is in heaven. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Godhead forever and eternity has been perfect, unbroken. What did God give? He gave up everything. He says, you're perfect. Christianity is wild. Christianity to some is absolutely insane in thinking. When's the last time that you had breakfast with Jesus? When's the last time you shook God's hand? We, we, we serve, give, sing to a God that we can't see. We've never met personally, like handshake. And we are the only religion in world history that the Creator died for the creation. So God gave, for, for this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. I understand that even in a group this big, even if you've been at church your whole life, there may be some questions about that. I've never seen Him. You struggle with that. You toss that around. Not this week, not next week. The following week, the first full week of January, I challenge you, this is a challenge, go get connected in a connect group. The material, the lesson studies we're doing for January talk about this. They talk about Jesus dying for the whole world and not just some. They talk about, is God for real? These are some hard, tough questions that we may get asked. Maybe you're dealing with them. But God gave everything He had. Look on the screen at Romans. I love this. Paul, Paul doesn't really cut any corners here. Listen to what he says. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. God gave all he needed to. He gave absolutely all that he needed to. You can drive to the park and see... See all these representations of a baby in a manger, a baby in a manger, and all we see is human, 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 human. We don't even understand the lapse that there was between a perfect Godhead. And God says, I'm going to give you. <laughs> some of us, it's been so long for some of us that we've been loved like God wants us to be loved that we get hard. We don't get it. I'm going to tell you right now that if no one else tells you this week or this month or this year, what God has done for you is more, He has shown more love for you than anybody combined in your entire life. He gave you everything that He had, all you needed. We learn to give when we live in love like Jesus. When we think about all the things that God has done for us, we can realize how important you are. What if I said this? My dad, I've said this before, my dad, with, with my two daughters and my sister's girls, has this saying. And he gets on one knee and he gets on the, on the ground or he puts him up and he doesn't, he doesn't do it across the room. He won't do it across the room. He gets right next to him. He holds him like this. 
And he says this, when they, but right when they get ready to, to learn how to talk, he says this, I want you to repeat after me. Say what I say. Say, I'm, they say I'm, special. Today, I don't care where you come from. The God that we serve at Connection here thinks that you're special. And there's times that we don't think like that. We don't feel, I mean, how can I be special? I'm a pretty dirty toy. I'm, I'm, nobody wants to play with me anymore. Nobody, nobody has a use for me. Listen, listen. You're special. Look on the worship handout, your next one. God has done great things for us. Think about all the things that He has done for us. We should serve Him by the way we live, love, and give. So we started off with candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. And we end with live, love, give, and serve. Live, love, give, serve. Look at the first, look at the first words in that, in that worship handout message. God has done great things for us. Look at the next one. Think about all the things that He's done for us. I challenge you to do this this week. Think of everything that God has done for you. Just two or three. I bet you don't stop. Wow. This morning, I came in and I looked around and there were people that were serving Him by the way that they lived and they loved and they gave. Because they gave of their time, they got up early. Some of you, some of you don't even understand what time people get here. There are people here at quarter after eight this morning. And there are people here cleaning things. And they set up decorations. And they do this and they do this. All because why? To show you this. They live in love like Jesus so that they can show others God's love. And they give of everything that they have. All so you can see that you're special. You're special. Everybody repeat this after me. I'm special. Please understand. Understand. We simply try and write this list. If we, if we, if we tried to, to write a list for all the things that God has done for you, I don't think we have enough time. Some of you would still be sitting in your chair when we come back for the 430 service. And out of paper and ink. But we serve. We should serve Him by the way that we live, love, and give. Live, love, give, serve. It makes us tick just like candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup with the elves. I think, oh, that's silly. Listen. You couldn't remember this. Live, love, give, serve. If what makes us tick. Look at 1 Samuel 12, 24 on the screen. Be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve Him. Think of all the wonderful things He has done for you. I'm not going to sound like a broken record. But please, understand, this week we celebrate. You know, if I ask you, I bet... There's a guy, there's a guy in our church... I have just enjoyed his post this past week or two weeks on Facebook. He has put up like the coolest toys from way back in the day. And they're vintage toys now. They're worth a lot of money. But what you, what you, what you would just want to get in that year. I can tell you, 1985, it was a Nintendo. And I didn't get one. I got one in 1990. So, 
There, there, is that, there is that thing. Maybe it's a guitar. Maybe it's a bike. Maybe it's a gun. Maybe it's clothes. Maybe it's that doll. Maybe it's this, it's this. Whatever, whatever. You remember. You remember like, holy cow, I never thought I was going to get this and I got this. The greatest gift you have ever received in your life was not the new bike, and I don't care if you got a new Lexus for Christmas. It's not that either. The greatest gift you have ever been given is Jesus Christ. We're going to do something that celebrates that here at Connection this morning. We're going to do something that's just really cool. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. And the Lord's Supper here at Connection, we call Face Down. Why? That's a question. Why? Because when you come into God's presence, He wants you to understand that He is that holy. He is that big of a deal. Face down is the time. Listen, we're going to play some music. There's going to be a video. We're going to probably dim lights a little bit. This is a time where you can think back on those two words. I'm special. I want you to talk to God. I want you to say, God, thank you. And if you're a follower of Him, we invite you to take it. You're going to come up here. There's going to be a loaf of bread. You pinch off a piece of bread. You dunk it in the juice. Take it back to your seat or eat it right there. Whatever. Think about it. Reflect on it. There's going to be some challenging words up here on a video when we play this. We're going to play a video. And it's going to have some pretty challenging words. Some of us need just a little jump start. A little kick start. We're getting ready to start in January. Brand new start. New everything. Think about it. Think about how you can live, love, give, and serve. As we take this together, reflect on how good God has been to you. There are two people up here. There's one in the back. Just go where there's not a line. If there's a line, just wait. We're going to work on patience and lines. When you guys are ready. You come partake. I'm
you're special. You get to celebrate the birth of the greatest gift that has ever been given this week. I challenge you to live, love, give, and serve. Pray this. God set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more. I want to learn to live. I want to learn to love. I want to learn to serve and give, God. I want, to, I want more of you. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. God, thank you for thinking that we're special. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, God, for everything that you've given us, everything that you've done for us, and for everyone here. I pray this week and continuing the next year that, God, we take those four ingredients that we live and we love and we give and we serve. All because, why? So we can have more of you and give more of you away. In your name we pray. Amen.